Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. This week, I want us to revisit the Christmas story again. And so uh, I thought to myself, I want to, I want to get a better picture of how it all began. How did the Christmas story Began And I wanted to have it in my mind. So I went to Matthew chapter 1. And I'm going to read this. You have your Bible. Certainly you can follow along with me. Uh, how it all began. And I'm just going to read a couple verses to you this morning from Matthew. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. Okay, This is how it all happened. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I would dare say this is not the picture that Mary and Joseph had how they were going to begin their life together as a young couple. You know, maybe for you, you had this plan that you were going to get married and you find yourself still single and you're wondering, like, is it ever going to happen? You know, I think oftentimes people plan their big wedding day. And, of course, they're excited and they make a vow to each other. And the next thing you know, the, the happy couple, they're starting to have children, which is what the plan was from the very beginning. And then all of a sudden you begin to develop family traditions where grandparents come over and everything is going so well. And then all of a sudden things begin to change. It was not the picture that you had in your mind. And before long, the the happy family is ripped apart. It's not what you pictured at all, but that's the picture you're holding in your hand. I mean, your picture was uh, something completely different, and now you find yourself as a single dad. You know, the single dad who's at the table trying to help his son do some homework. The single dad who's trying to just put his child to sleep. That, that was not the plan. It was going to be two people working on this project. Or, or maybe the single mom who's left uh, that has to come home right after work because, to look after her children. Or she's the one that actually has to do the homework by herself. See, the plan was we would grow old together and laugh through life. The plan was we would have a great time celebrating life until our 50th wedding anniversary. But what we had pictured in our mind was not our reality. For some of you, maybe uh, you're in your senior year and uh, your plan was, you know, sports, like your final year. This is the year that maybe you'll get a scholarship. This is the year that you kind of really show off some of your sports skills and now there's no sports and then you're like, how am I ever going to get a scholarship? There's nobody even around to look because there's no sports. There's no scouts out there. And what you had pictured for your final year looks completely different than what you had painted. And then, of course, there are those who actually do make it to the big leagues, and they kind of have their 
their future kind of mapped out for them. And then, of course, what happens when an injury comes, whether it's a, no matter what sport. And all of a sudden, everything changes. And what you thought was your future no longer exists. And then that's, of course, oftentimes when we just all of a sudden give God a piece of our mind. We say, no, 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 no. This is not the picture I painted for my life. I am not going down that path. I have a completely different picture that I painted, God. No, no, no. I am not okay with this picture that you have painted. And for some of you, it's maybe it's your children. You know, you have dreams for your children and and to go off to uh, maybe a college or university, get a good job, get married, settle down, uh, provide you with grandchildren. And that's not happening. Maybe it's because you find that your son is struggling with addictions. And you're like, this is not the future. I, I, this is not the, the picture I had painted for my family. Or maybe your daughter is struggling with sexual identity. You're like, this is not what I had pictured for my future. And you find... Um, it hurts. It's hard to adjust your perspective when you picture something one way, but it's completely different than what you pictured. Where do we get pictures of where our life should be like? If you're getting your picture from maybe Facebook or Instagram, uh, we need to be reminded those are just quick glimpses. Those are are pictures that we pose for to make it look like everything is perfect. Those are the pictures that are kind of airbrushed and filtered and photoshopped. And if we try to build a life on a pretend life, we are going to be severely disappointed. And, and, and where do we get our picture of who God is? I mean, is God, is he, is he white? Is he black? Is he Hispanic? Is he, is he the kind of person who zaps people when they mess up? Is he, is he the kind of God who, you know, uh, is keeping tally of our good and our bad, and we just kind of hope that our good is good enough? Where do we get some of these pictures? Well, when I think of the Christmas story, I think Mary and Joseph had a completely different plan for their lives. Than what happened. I mean, there's older, handsome Joseph, kind of takes a liking to younger Mary. Something sparks, proposal is made, the wedding plans begin. You know, it's all about the dress. What will she wear? Who will we invite to the wedding? That was the plan. But then she gets pregnant. And that changes everything because she gets pregnant before she is married, which maybe in our culture is not such a big deal, but in that culture, that would have been scandalous for a teenage girl. That would have been on the front news of the Nazareth Gazette. Virtuous Mary is not what she pretends to be. Her reputation is being questioned. Um, not only hers, but her fiancé's reputation is also being implicated as well. Hey, yeah, we know what you guys have been up to. This was not the picture that they had planned for their life. Up until this point, Joseph would have never questioned Mary's love and devotion for him. But now it's under scrutiny. And I've often wondered if Joseph ever had lingering thoughts, even through life, like, 
was that real? Because he had never known that a girl could get pregnant without being with a man. And of course, for Mary, she knew she had never been with her. So she knew it was real. But for Joseph, I've often wondered if that was something that kind of lingered. And it says here in the passage that he had in his mind to divorce Mary quietly. That was not the original picture that he had painted for his life, but now he's painted a new picture, something that's different. But that's not how they planned to start their lives together. They were looking forward to the big day. You know, when you plan the arrival of your first child, you're, you're getting the nursery ready, you're picking out the right crib, you, you got the doctor all ready uh, to deliver your child. But in Matthew chapter 118, it says, this is how the birth of Jesus came about. And so Mary gets the news, and, and we find another passage. She immediately takes off to her cousin's Elizabeth's house in Zechariah. She's gone for three months, and when she returns, huh, looks like a baby bump. People begin to talk. Joseph notices something is different. This is not the original picture that was painted. Mary and Joseph are supposed to fall in love and build a life together, but their picture is completely demolished. And Joseph is forced to paint a new picture. I still love Mary, but I can't do this. And so he had it in his mind, quietly, not to make a big deal out of it, but that he would divorce Mary. I don't maybe it was even planning on moving out of town, just so when they run at each other, it wouldn't be uncomfortable for Mary. And then in verse 20, he talks about the angel came to say something to him to take Mary home. And you think to yourself, why couldn't God have told Joseph before he painted this new picture, before he uh, had the divorce papers written up, why couldn't he have known before? Why is he painting this new picture of what his life's going to be? And then God tells him it's going to be different again. Yet that's what the Bible says. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. I actually heard a preacher say, I, I thought it was a great statement. The greatest gift the world would ever know came through the greatest disappointment Joseph would ever experience. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. And oftentimes we kind of have our own picture as well of what the nativity scene uh, was like. You know, we, we look at the scene and we think, oh, you know, there's probably scented candles around to make it smell good. And um, they probably had a nice little fire going to roast marshmallows later in the evening. Like we kind of have these ideas. We don't think of it as a cold, maybe damp spot. You know, we kind of think, okay, Joseph was all prepared to deliver his own child. Uh, we often think, okay, the three wise men arrived right after the birth, and Mary was able to clean things up and entertain that night. Right? The fact is, we, we say three when nowhere in the Bible does it say there were three wise men. It says there's three gifts. There could have been two wise men. There could have been seven wise men. We don't know. But we know it could have been up to two years later that the wise men arrived. But it's not as quaint to come and visit a toddler. It's quaint, this picture that we've painted. 
And then we know that the shepherds and the wise men weren't there at the same time, but we put them all together. And we kind of picture that, you know, the animals were very quiet so they could have a conversation. We paint this picture that oftentimes is very unrealistic. What if the life that you have pictured and painted for yourself is not the same one that God has in mind for you? I mean, mentally, emotionally, Joseph had already made his decision about his future. He had it in his mind. I'll drop the divorce papers. You know, maybe for some of you that are actually watching online, you kind of have a picture of what church is supposed to be. You know, perfect people coming together, but you got hurt. You're like, I'm not going back there again. Because sometimes we forget that the church is made up of broken people. Where we do things, and sometimes we say things that are unkind. We make mistakes. We mess up. Church is not always what we think it's going to be. I, I, tell you, I went off to Bible school. I thought when I went to Bible school, honestly, everybody was there for one reason, and that was to get to know God really well. My first week, my, I think it was my third day at Bible school, a bunch of my dorm mates came in. They were smashed. They were drunk walking. I'm like, this is not at all how I picture Bible school, what it's going to be. And the angel came to Joseph. And I feel like the angel, I mean, he gave him the news, but it's almost like, Joseph, this is not uh, the picture that you painted, but this is God at work. I know this is not what you were expecting, but this is God at work. I know this is not even your preference, but this is God at work. I know it doesn't fit all your traditions, but this is God at work. I know you feel like there's missing pieces, but it's God at work. So what do you do? When the picture that you've painted for your life is not the picture you're holding in your hands. It's not the one that you had in mind. I wrote a couple things down here that I hope would be helpful to us. I want to encourage you to always choose faith over fear. Because you know when our world begins to unravel and the picture that we had painted is not coming to fruition, the first thing we do, we begin to fear. In fact, the Bible, more than any other command in the Bible, the most common command, over 350 times it says, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. Over and over again. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. That's what God's given to us. But our natural tendency is to quickly run down the road of fear. And I want to encourage you, choose faith over fear. You don't need to panic. I encourage you to pray. Don't worry. Maybe break out and worship. Uh, another helpful it would be always trust that God is in control. Always trust that God is in control. We know Job. We read about his life. I mean, it was just insane. And, and this is what he writes. God is the one to fear. By the way, that fear is not like, oh, I'm scared of God. No, he's saying God is the one to reverence. He says because God is in control and rules the heavens. It may look like chaos from our perspective, but God has a different perspective. 
And the sovereignty of God, the fact that he's in control, is to comfort us. And, and that doesn't mean that we're robots, because sometimes people think, oh, because well, God's in control, like we, he just you know, moves along as robots. No, I, I think we do have free will, but I think there's also limits to that free will. And God is just simply saying, I, I'm in charge. You can trust me when you don't know what's going on. If you try to figure out the things that God has chosen not to reveal to you, you will need everything that Shoppers Drug Mart has on their shelf. The handle the headaches, the frustration, and the insanity as you try to figure out everything that God hasn't told you. So when you are disappointed with the picture, choose faith over fear. And then trust God that he is in control. And then be patient because it's not the end of the story. The, the, the painting has not fully been painted yet. Be patient. God has and continues to direct history. Be patient. One of the prophets of the Old Testament wasn't very patient. In fact, he wrote this. Uh, Habakkuk says, oh Lord, how long must I beg for you to help before, or how, how long must I beg for your help before you listen? God, I've been begging for you to help. Nothing. This is not the picture that I had painted for my life. And God responds in the same book. But these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. Oh, God's at work. It's just that sometimes the picture that he's painting is not being painted as fast as we want it. I feel like it's God just saying, you, you can trust me. I know it takes patience, but you, you can trust me. We know that verse in Romans, it says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It doesn't say that all things are good. That's not what it says. It says God is able to take things in your life, even the bad things in your life, and somehow, I don't know how he does it, somehow he's able to turn them so something good can actually come out of it. Even with the picture that you didn't paint Corinthians says, we set our eyes not on what we see. See, the temptation is we want to set our eyes on what we see. We look at our circumstances. But we're told we set our eyes not on what we see, but on what we cannot see. What we see will only last a short time, but what we cannot see will last forever. We just can't see it all. We can't see the whole picture. We just get glimpses of it. And sometimes that glimpse is not, was not in the picture that we began to paint. Think, where did that come from? That wasn't supposed to be part of the plan. And I think sometimes what happens, we quickly jump to conclusions when the picture is not what we had painted. We make up all kinds of conclusions. Um, God says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But we jump to a conclusion, well, you must have left me, God. Because look at my life. Obviously you have forgotten about me. So I want to encourage you. Don't let your circumstances trump the word of God. 
God doesn't ask you to deny your circumstances. The reality is a heartache is a heartache, a hurt is a hurt, a devastation is a devastation. But don't let your circumstance trump what God's word says. I'm there, and I'm not leaving you, even when you're disappointed with the picture. And don't let your circumstances trump the presence of God. He is there. He is with you, and he will never leave you. So I encourage you, look for things to be grateful for. Now, I know, you go, how can I be grateful for? Look at the picture that I'm holding in my hand. This is nothing like I had pictured. And sometimes we find it hard to find things to be grateful for. I just want to encourage you to find something. Maybe it's the grace of God. Yeah, I'm just thankful for that. Or, or maybe the fact that you have a Bible, or you have a church family, or you have friends, or, or your children, or the fact that you have a home in heaven, or that your sins are forgiven, or, or something. Find something that you can just be grateful for to carry you through. And honestly, sometimes I need to be reminded because of the... Um, of what God has done uh, for me. Sometimes, you know, I cross over the line. I, I question. It's not that I bring my questions to God. You know, what, uh, why this, when, why now, why that over there. And that's okay to bring my questions. But sometimes I cross over and I stop bringing my questions to God. And what I do is I begin to question God. I thought you loved me. <laughs> you say you care for me. But look at my life. And all of a sudden I have to step back and just go, no, no, no. I'm going to choose faith over fear. I'll bring my questions to God, but I won't question God. Now, sometimes I need to be reminded of this powerful truth, and I want to remind us today. This is not our home. Okay? This is not the final painting being painted of our life. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening, and consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com.